0: the mining sector has to pay close attention to how it's managing its risks in this uh, current climate and make sure that what they're doing is proportionate to what they're facing welcome to deep
1: insights i'm gerald peter senior editor at mining review africa this week senior deputy editor chantal kotzer takes a closer look at the political situation in burkina faso and the broader Sahel region. The conflict risk within this West African country has been compounded by the coronavirus pandemic, both which may have an impact on the regional mining sector. Let's join the discussion now.
2: Hi, today I have Liam Morrissey, CEO of MS Risk, a global security risk management consultancy that specializes in identifying, mitigating, and reducing security risks. Liam, welcome.
0: Thank you very much.
2: So we're going to unpack the security situation in Burkina Faso and a little bit more broadly in West Africa today. So let's start at the beginning, really. Um, when tensions first arose in the Sahel region, um, what really sparked the conflict that led to the start of the war in Sahel?
0: Well, really, looking at this conflict, there's a three, there are three ways to look at it depending who you speak to. Some people see that it started 30 years ago, some eight years ago and others five years ago. The Genesis was really the 30 year conflict um, of the Tuaregs who live in Eastern Mali. They've long had a, uh, an ambition for an independent state. That war percolated up and down for many years. And then, in 2011, when the Libyan regime of Gaddafi fell, extremists with looted weapons married themselves to the Tuaregs in uh, eastern Mali, and this really stimulated a surge in the Tuareg um, war in Mali, which provoked the French intervention, and um, and Mali's been, been had this conflict running ever since these last eight years. Well. The international community stepped in behind the French. And so there's an EU training mission. There are um, a number of regional kind of powers that have forces helping. And, um, and of course, there's the French military itself. Those international forces in Mali have contained the crisis there. But five years ago, we saw the crisis spill over the borders into northern Burkina Faso and western Niger.
2: When, how, and why did it really come to Burkina Faso?
0: Well, with that containment in Mali, by the Malian army and the international forces helping them, um, the, they couldn't go, they, they couldn't expand, and uh, they couldn't expand the way they were going. And so it just made sense that they were they were pushed southwards into northern Burkina Faso. And the Burkin Abbeys, on, on their part, don't have any international forces declared inside their country to help them. And so, you you know, 30,000 soldiers in, in Mali containing the insurgency there, but the Perkin army is handling it all by itself. And so um, that's part of it. And of course, the the insurgent messaging is happening as well. So across the northern frontier of Burkina, we saw um, the propaganda Uh, appealing to some of the Fulani there trying to seduce them with the nostalgia of their empire from 200 years ago and also intimidating others who are more moderate to to gain a foothold across northern Burkina Faso.
2: Okay having contextualized um, the situation what's really going on obviously it must have had a massive impact on the exploration and mining sector in both Mali and Burkina Faso and the Great Sahel region. So, can you um, unpack for me the impacts that it's had on the exploration and mining sector in these regions?
0: It's had significant impact. You know, the the mining companies in Burkina Faso, when they established um, this war wasn't happening. Yeah. So, you you there are a number of of mature gold mining operations in Burkina Faso now that when they started they were faced with the challenges of remoteness long logistics lines, um, difficult links, uh, and and occasionally a little bit of banditry maybe. But now growing up around them has been this this militant insurgency. Um, So on the exploration side, it's been very uh, um, catastrophic because the insurgency has prevented small exploration juniors from going into the areas they otherwise would want to go into and and sadly we saw in January 2019 a Canadian geologist was kidnapped and murdered um, in the in the eastern region of Burkina Faso and once that happened uh, we saw exploration really um, degrade uh, in tempo. The actual producing mines uh, they're in a different situation they generally are well capitalized if they're producing And they can actually build up some better security and defensive capability around them. But having said that, they still haven't been able to get to the level they probably need to be at, given the intensity of the insurgency.
2: Conflict has also recently broken out now in Mali, following the coup in which the president was ousted and the government's overthrown. What implications has this had on Burkina Faso going forward?
0: Well, the, the recent coup in Mali is very uh, similar to what happened eight years ago when the army did it then as well. Um, thankfully, so far, we haven't seen the militants seize the opportunity and, and have a spike of, of, of attacks and so on. So, um, uh, Mali is now coping with what it's going to look like in the foreseeable future. And um, their, their regional allies are, are quite upset, and ECOWAS is quite upset that the democratically elected president has been deposed. But um, that's working its way through right now. The implication for Burkina Faso is, yet again, the focus regionally is on Mali and its political crisis alongside its security crisis, um, while Burkina Faso uh, really goes unnoticed in, in many respects.
2: Okay. I mean, as a specialist in security risk management, can you provide your security risk viewpoint on what mining operators should be doing to bolster their existing shareholder confidence and attract fresh investments in regions that do face political unrest from time to time?
0: Well, you know, quite often, Chantel, security is seen as a, uh, as a cost. And uh, it's not often seen as an enabler. But in these circumstances, it should be seen as an enabler. So we've got challenging conditions and there are clearly some parts of the Sahel region which are are, are difficult to try to operate in. And and miners will say if there's an easier option somewhere else, that's probably the way they might want to go. But for those who've made the investment already and have seen the insurgency grow up around them, then they need to take a, a more dynamic approach. And uh, this is the mining operators themselves and the, the service uh, sector that uh, supports them. So. The days of saying, well, we're just going to, um, um, pay the army or the police to escort us and leave it at that. That sounds good in a boardroom in Sydney or Toronto to say that the authorities are helping your project, but what does that actually look like? Who's trained them? What kind of procedures are they using? Are they fit for purpose? Are they properly resourced? So really, I think the mining sector has to pay close attention to how it's managing its risks in this uh, current climate and, um, and make sure that what they're doing is proportionate to what they're facing. The, if they do that, then that should give confidence to their shareholders and, um, and make them uh, more attractive to potential investors. But if they don't go out of their way to demonstrate security due diligence as part of all the other due diligence that they normally would do, then then they may be discounted, um, you know, unfairly.
2: Absolutely. And now we've unpacked the more well-known security risk that's faced in these um, challenging jurisdictions. But what are some of the less common risks that are faced in the mining sector? And how does MS risk approach these other risks?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, right now, it's very easy to talk about ambushes and car bombs and kidnapping, they're, they're very eye-catching, but in the 12 years that I've been working in the Sahel, before this insurgency became the problem it, it it is, it goes back to those earlier issues I mentioned uh, a few moments ago, which you've got logistical concerns, you've got, you know, a road traffic accident in a remote part of the country can be a death sentence. So um, dealing with illness, dealing with medical support, dealing with uh, the, the evacuation process, dealing with banditry, um, even stock loss and, um, and dealing with, with ordinary decent crime. Uh, these are all things that can't be forgotten. And, uh, and really from our perspective, we're looking at risk holistically. And um, it has to be looked at strategically. So looking at the country and the kind of geopolitics but also operationally, how does the risk management and security program support the aims of the business? And at a tactical level, is it fit for purpose? Will it keep people safe and um, will will it do its job?
1: We hope you have enjoyed the discussion so far. We will continue our conversation with Liam after this short message. It will never be the same. The new normal is business unusual at mining review africa we want to partner with you to ensure that your brand is still visible in these unprecedented times that's why we're offering you a bouquet of digital marketing choices to ensure that your company is still top of mind with your clients this includes podcasts partner profiles videos and webinars want to know more Click on the Engage tab on miningreview.com today to find out how we can give you more bang for your digital buck. Welcome back to Deep Insights. We are in conversation with Liam Morrissey from MS Risk about the effect that criminal insurgency is having on the mining sector in Burkina Faso and more broadly in West Africa. Let's rejoin the conversation.
2: And now moving on to one of... The more recent risks that we faced globally, and that's the COVID 19 pandemic. So, to start, despite presenting an obvious health risk to the global population, what challenges has the COVID 19 pandemic had on the mining sector in particular?
0: Well, with the border closures, that's made uh, rotation of uh, personnel extremely difficult, in some cases, impossible. You know, even our own company, we had personnel. Um, who were in Burkina Faso? Who were effectively trapped there because we uh, we couldn't get them relieved, we couldn't get them out. Um, so that 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 moment has passed, thankfully. But um, it, it is difficult for, for companies to operate in this uh, with this COVID nineteen uh, layer of control. The uh, interesting thing is that we're seeing is that in the Sahel region um, there is probably a lack of testing. There's probably a, well, we know that the medical resources are, are not what they are in, in the Western world. Um, but the excess deaths and mortality rates don't seem to be particularly um, impacted as of yet. And, and I, I think that the danger that some Western um, viewers might hold is that they might mirror their experience onto the Sahel region, when in fact the Sahel region has a different population profile. You know, the median age in in the UK where I am speaking to you today is uh, 41. The median age in Burkina Faso is 17. So so really the population profile is just a different profile and uh, we shouldn't make the mistake of trying to uh, treat it the same way everywhere.
2: Perfect. So earlier on, you mentioned the risks um, associated with, COVID-19, one of those being travel bans and the impact that it's had on logistics. So now honing in a bit more on Burkina Faso, which we know is a landlocked West African country, can you elaborate on how much of a risk COVID-19 and the travel ban has impacted on the mining industry in the country? While we know it was intended to help curb the spread of the virus, could it likely have disrupted the mining industry supply chain in both the short term and the long term perhaps?
0: I think very much so. Um, if you have a project that's only starting, or you're you're bringing in uh, heavy plant and material uh, by uh, by sea, it's going to land in, in Ghana or uh, or Togo or or um, well wherever you're going to you're going to land it. It's going to move through um, at least one country to get to Burkina Faso, and with border closures and uh, route restrictions, then this is interrupting. Um, this is interrupting a lot, a lot of uh, projects at the construction phase, the pre-production phase, and of course, the production phase itself. So it's, um, it's something that the industry is adapting to, that we have to learn to, to live with the COVID threat and the COVID restrictions, but find a way to continue our commerce and our operations in a safe and responsible way.
2: And then Liam, just lastly, um, if you had any specific advice that you would give to mining operators possibly looking to set up operations in the Sahel region going forward, based on the rich mineral resources that still exist, what word of advice would you offer to the mining and exploration sector?
0: Well, it has to be a holistic approach. It's not just security, it's risk management. So, and. Um, the cycle has to start with effective due diligence. Uh, any company coming to uh, plant its flag and, and start a uh, business has to understand the local community, have the community engagement. Uh, it's not just about talking to the government officials in the capital, it's about going out and understanding the lay of the land, working with the local community, um, and building the security infrastructure into your budgets. Too often companies will will budget for most of their operating costs, but they'll leave the security and risk management budget out of it, and, uh, and then when there's a problem, they'll, they'll try to quickly create something and they'll, they'll look to find some cash to do that. But if it's built in properly at the beginning with an effective risk assessment that is driving the, uh, the effort and the, a scalable security control framework so that as risks go up, the company is able to uh, enhance its protective posture. But if risks go down or shift, that same posture can adapt to that as well, then um, you've got a a fit for purpose security program that enables you to have confidence in it and and manage to ride out whatever perils are ahead of of you. I think when we look at the map of the Sahel and if you've watched the travel advisories from the various governments over the last few years, you'll see an ever expanding red zone to the point now where all of Eastern Mali and much of Western Mali have gone red. All of Niger is red, save the capital city, Miami. And Burkina Faso, depending on which embassy map you look at, is mostly red. Now this is quite uh, a stark situation. And I think um, when we look at this, those red zones are are, uh, areas that we're advised not to work in, not to travel through. But they're also those red zones for us are the green zones of the organized crime and the militant factions that that are in the Sahel. We have to remember that at all times and not let our guard down and and remember that if you're on a mining project, you're you're not there to do tourism. You're not there to take chances with yourself or or with the lives of those around you. And so adherence to company procedures around security and. Uh, journey management and so on are vital uh, in order to stay safe and um, and accomplish the aims of your business
1: thank you for listening remember to subscribe to our weekly podcast which is available on all popular podcast platforms give us a five-star rating and share deep insights with your social network also log on to miningreview.com to access our webinars videos industry insights and the latest mining news until next week goodbye and stay safe